The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. My name is Jeremy Wiseman. I'm joined by Jerry Karaya. And uh, Jerry... Lovely week. Um, my my largest takeaway is everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. It's going to be just fine. Remain positive, guys. It's all good. We we had Jerome Powell come out and tell us everything is just fine, so we don't have to worry about anything. It's all good. Show's over. No, okay. So he comes out, and uh, it's a it's Fed week. Um, interesting about Fed Week is the narrative shielding for the slam down in the paper, gold, and silver market. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, it was um, it was definitely a reaction to the GDP, Jeremy, that came out this week. So what we had is for you know for our listeners, you've been following along. We had open interest, which is the paper market on the exchange, drop drastically. Uh, a couple over the last few months and then over the last several weeks we've started to see it climb 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 then we had a breakout in the market last week in in gold and silver and the question was okay is this going to be sustained because we've got rising open interest so if we keep going up we could get a short squeeze because there's a there's more open interest and people are shorting the market Entities are shorting the market, and they could cap, They could end up on the wrong side of the trade. We could end up very, very quickly up above $26, $27 in silver. So it was a bit of a wait and see. Uh, there was definitely some skepticism personally on my part uh, as to whether or not we were going to get the, the all-wishful um, short squeeze, which is coming. And one big short squeeze will eventually come, nonetheless. For sure. Nonetheless, it perfectly coalesced with Jerome Powell coming out, telling us everything is going to be okay, and then we get the slam down in the silver market. So for me, it was a perfect example of narrative shielding, something we've seen hundreds of times in the gold and silver market where they've set up something. You know, what, I, what we've seen often is just before the dollar breaks down, you would see a slam down in the gold and silver market so that when the price, uh, when the US dollar goes down, gold and silver's move up is neutralized because they slammed it down before it happened. Mm-hmm. Right? You've seen it's that. It's classic. It's a classic. So that's what we had in the market. Nonetheless, let's talk about Jerome Powell's statements because there was some great interviews this week, um, uh, which we'll get into. There was David Rosenberg, former economist from Merrill Lynch and Gluskin Chef. He's the chief economist and strategist of Rosenberg Research and Associates. He was on with Wealthy on, and he, he had a very, you know, with all due respect, your crazy thoughts on Jerome Powell. And he was definitely in the, there is no doubt there will be a recession camp. Okay. Danielle DiMartino Booth, she was also on with Kitco this week. She was also in the, there will be a recession camp. Except that Jerome Powell said there won't be a recession, which gives me memories, Jerry, (laughs) of transitory inflation. So I want to call this episode 
transitory recession. We are definitely in a transitory recession year. So how is that working? Because he comes out and he says, we believe that monetary policy is restrictive and we are putting downward pressure on economic activity and inflation. Now that already kind of ticks me off because where does the Federal Reserve get off tamping down on economic activity? You are not going to pay off, you're not going to pay off $32 trillion in debt with less economic activity. That's right. right? You're approaching a trillion dollars in interest debt payments. You, you could say that what you're trying to do is put downward pressure on debt to make money more expensive, but debt, the word debt is verboten for them, so they won't say it. So you end up with a conflating of the two. They're like, well, we're trying to get economic activity down. And that's also misleading because what does economic activity have to do with inflation? Inflation is you've created money out of nowhere. You've taken the balance sheet from under a, under a billion, trillion dollars in 2007 to up above $8 trillion in 2022, and you've paid off a touch, mm-hmm. right? The other thing is, is that you might be making money more expensive, but the government is spending like absolute crazy. They've spent in the last year, the the United States government has spent six plus trillion dollars. Yeah. Six plus trillion. Yeah. Where is that money going? I'll tell you where the money's going. It's going in they they still have they still have um Jerry, they still have uh relief payments. You hear the ads. Right? Was your business affected by da da da? Well, you could be eligible for thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. So they're getting thousands of dollars. They're putting money into the equities market. So the equity market is going up. And if you're looking at the equity market as your as your signifier, you're getting the wrong signals. Absolutely, we'll get into that soon. Um, so, so giving out free money and having people spend free money is not a resilient economy. Absolutely That's not. staving something off. That's staving off the inevitable. Now, here's another one. If you are going onto your home equity line of credit to keep up with expenses, if you are using your credit card to keep up with expenses, if you are going to your regular line of credit to keep up with expenses, because you still have to buy stuff. That's you have to buy stuff that's now 15, 20, 30% more expensive. Well, son of a gun. They're spending, that's and it it's is. up because prices are up. So, so that's your resilient economy. That is your transitory, we're never going to have a recession again moment. And now, listen, for now, everything's great. But you just wait and see. Mm-hmm, Jerry, you are itching to jump in. You know, I, I had the same the same type of processing in my thought patterns when, when the GDP figures came out this week, Jeremy, because... The U.S. GDP came out this week. It, they, it came out to beat the expectations of one point in expansion, and it blew that out of the water. It was 2.4. It boosted the yields. Stocks were up. Stocks approached the, about 5% off their all-time highs. The U.S. dollar index started to break out and move higher. Gold and silver got sold off. Gold sold off about by 1.5%. Silver down by over 2.5%. As the markets start to price in the odds of a September 20th rate hike up from 18% to up to 24%. So there's a huge expectation that, okay, we're going to start, it justifies 
uh, of an in, you know, this, this is inflation and it's justifying f further rate hikes coming up. But if you go into the numbers, if we actually went into the and delved in, we delved into the numbers for the GDP figures. Personal consumption expenditures, PCE, which accounts for about 70% of the GDP figures, it increased by 1.6%. What that basically means, personal consumption expenditure, it's how much more we're actually spending. How much more dollars are we spending on everyday goods? Exactly what your point is. Is this the definition of a resilient economy? You're going to define expansion of GDP, which is a good thing, but if you go into it, the reason why GDP is up is because we're spending more. We got to spend more. If we look at the data, the we're spending more years, not because we're we've made a whole bunch more money. We're spending more because prices are per, more. Foods up fifty six percent. Gasoline's up fifty two percent. Mortgage rates are up one hundred and fifty three percent. This is squeezing the average person, and the GDP figures it benefits a very few, a very few, the very few. It's not the everyday mom and pop. It's not the average Joe. It's not you and I. It doesn't affect, it doesn't affect the people that are setting the fiscal and monetary policies. And where is that money going, Jeremy? It's money that's frothing around. And the Federal Reserve is making a massive mistake. And this is coming from Graham Summers. He's an NBA chief market strategist of Phoenix Capital Research. And he hits the nail right on the head. When he talks about the CPI and inflation, it's the, the rate hikes. We've had interest rates from 0.25% a few years ago all the way up to 5.5%. The Federal Reserve raised their interest rates today or this week uh, up to 5.5, highest since the great financial crisis of 2008. The Fed Powell actually mentioned that there was a possibility of a pivot after, after, you know, after the next hike in September. But this strategist, Graham Summer, he points out a very key thing that the Fed is making a massive mistake Instead of what Volcker did, what Volcker did in the 70s, he was focused, he shifted the monetary policy from just raising interest rates to actually trying to drain the excess reserves. All of that froth is what they call it. Remove the froth from the financial system. So this is the big mistake because this is the exact same mistake that the Federal Reserve made from 1972 to 1979. And those investors who are not properly positioned to profit from this mistake will do extremely well if, if they are properly positioned. And what were investors, who were, in, who were positioned properly in the 70s to 1980? Those who invested in gold and silver massively profited. Gold went up over 800% and silver went up over 1100%. And the stock markets? Peak euphoria, Jeremy. This is this is massive news coming down the pipe. Well, Jerry, you know we mentioned at the top of the segment Danielle DiMartino Booth, who's uh, CEO, chief strategist of uh, QI Research. She used to work at the Fed. She wrote a book, Fed Up. And she, in the Kiko interview, they asked her, "Well, where are you putting your money?" And she said, "Treasuries, cash, and gold." And she has more gold than the typical ten percent is kind of what she sort of inferred. And, you know, she keeps the cards close to her chest when she's asked about those mm -hmm. things. So she likes gold. She thinks there's going to be a recession. David Rosenberg, they asked him where he's putting his money. He said bonds and gold. Same, same strategy. It's all about having that cash ready to go for deployment because you don't want to be in the stock market, and he's in gold as well. And to your point about, um, about Volcker, 
one of the things that that Rosenberg mentioned in in this great interview is he was talking about that Volcker Volcker and Greenspan took a decade to get to get inflation down to two percent. Powell seems hell bent on getting it done within two years. So the idea of of a slow land of a, a soft, soft landing by doing a nosedive. They don't really work together, but the whole thing reminds me of the movie Airplane because we are now, it is just one big farce. Mm -hmm. So look through all of that, cut through the noise, understand that debts do matter. We're going to talk about Keynesian economics in the next segment, and you're going to see why the debts actually matter, which is why you want to get out of harm's way, de-digitize your wealth, make sure that you are have your own wealth, that you are your own central bank, you have the physical product that there's no counterparty risk, and that's physical gold, physical silver. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. Stick with us. More to come on The Real Money Show on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website, guildhallwealth.com. Remember, we are in transitory recession area. Um, it's going to happen, but if you have all of this excess money creation coming into the system, I believe it's going to skew all of your statistics, all of your numbers. Um, Everything is going to get skewed. As Nomi Prince says, a permanent distortion is where we are. And where is that all coming from? There was a recent article in realinvestmentadvice.com by Lance Roberts. And it was a great reminder article, Jerry, of just where all of this is coming from. The title is Deficits, Debt, and Why $32 Trillion Matters. And basically, what he was talking about is there's this assumption that more sp spending is better. And he says, to better understand the impact of debt and deficits and economic, on economic growth, we must know where it came from. And where did it come from? It came from Keynesian economics. So, here, so understand the basics of the Keynesian economics. Keynes basically was a proponent that when times are bad, you go into a little bit of debt as a, as a government, you spend a little bit, and then when the times are good again, you pull back on that spending and because economic activity is taking care of the rest. Mm -hmm. But the government has and, and central bankers have gotten into the habit of saying, well, if borrowing a little money is okay, then borrowing a lot of money would be even better. Even better. Hence, monetary, uh, uh, modern monetary theory. MMT, correct. And this article actually starts talking about the fact that it's okay to spend money if you're putting it to use where you're going to get a return. So it actually got me thinking about um, Harper in, during, during the economic crisis when he was actually putting people to work. He was like, listen, we're going we're gonna to build stuff. right? We're going to borrow money. We're going to build stuff, and that stuff is going to give us a return down the road. Mm -hmm. And if it gives us a return down the road, then it actually is an investment. Correct. So, so yes, we're spending money, but we're getting, getting a return on it. Whereas now what's happening is 
it's become a Ponzi. The more you print, you're not getting, you're, you're actually having to deficit spend $2 to get back $1, right? So now you're into a Ponzi territory because you can't, you can't win. You can't get the economic activity out of your investment because you're not actually investing it anywhere, mm -hmm. right? Makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Um, so he goes on in this uh, article to talk about, let me just pull it up. When it comes to households, they are responsible for roughly two-thirds of the economic growth through personal consumption and expenditures. Debt was used for them to sustain a standard of living well beyond the income and wage growth that, the, that it could support. This worked out as long as the ability to leverage indebtedness was an option. Eventually, the debt reaches levels where economically productive consumption is eroded. So eventually, the ends don't justify the means. And if you look at the debt consumption now, it's way past the point mm -hmm. of no mm -hmm. return. So this Keynesian... So when we think about the Federal Reserve, this Keynesian economic way of thinking is a failed, failed experiment. That's it. It's a failed experiment. And now you cannot work your way out of it. Mm -hmm. You cannot twiddle your way. You cannot raise interest rates only 5%. I mean, think about it. 5% is not fighting anything. It's slowing down the debt. Now, here's a takeaway for the day, Jerry. The, wor the word of the day is refinance that's right <laughs> wait till the people who have to refinance and then you will find out how quickly there can be a recession your thoughts on keynesian uh keynesian economics and and modern monetary theory well this is the problem modern monetary theory and keynesian policies this loose monetary policy always ends up to be a failure it always ends up to be ballooning bubbles everywhere and this is where we're at today there are ma too many bubbles and the time of reckoning is coming. The article points out that we are at the debt end game, and it points out that Keynesian policies have always failed to stimulate broad-based economic growth. This is where we're at, Jeremy. There's a time of reckoning, and we all have to shield our wealth from this debt bomb that's happening. And he points out, in the, in the article is a great article. This is one of the primary reasons why economic growth will continue to run lower at lower and lower levels. Such suggests we will witness an economy that will be subject to more frequent, frequent recessionary spats, lower equity market returns, and a stagflationary environment as wage growth remains suppressed while the cost of living rises. This is echoing exactly what we've been talking about over and over again. Stagflationary environment is here, and we have to do what we have to do to protect our wealth and get away from these counterparty risks. Jeremy? So I think that to say that there won't be a recession and to deny recessions, um, you know, they're, they're not what they used to be. They're, right. they're not allowed to happen anymore. The government has created more currency out of thin air to stave it off. So you do have this permanent distortion, but that can only happen for so long. So this article is pointing out that you are going to have spats, that you're not going to be that as we like to say, you can avoid reality, but you can't avoid the consequences of avoiding reality. Mm -hmm. And it is going, reality is going to come. This article talks about having to reduce the deficits by $50 trillion. I assume that means unfunded liabilities as well. So how do you put your mind at ease? 
how do you how do you shelter yourself from that kind of economic catastrophes that could happen? You want to own something that has zero counterparty risk that puts you out of harm's way. We're not the only ones talking about it. There are people much smarter than us who are putting their money where their mouth is and owning um, owning the the precious metal, physical gold as well as physical silver. And the number to do that is one eight seven seven eight silver. The website guildhallwealth.com. And if you wanted to own physical metal, you can buy it direct from Guildhall. You can also put it into a registered account, which is amazing. Where you actually own it. There, are, there is no other vehicle, Jerry, where you actually own your own physical gold and silver in in those accounts. Everything else is an investment. There's mm-hmm. counterparty risk. You don't really own it. You still pay storage. You still pay for, for it being stored somewhere, but it's not yours. In this case, it's actually yours. You can go to the vault, personally audit the holdings. You're buying an actual physical product that gets allocated in your account, and this really puts you out of harm's way because it has no counterparty risk. It has nothing to do with the currency that's been created. But people are all going to rush for the exits. They're all going to want to get their, uh, into the lifeboat. They're all going to seek that insurance policy at the last, last minute. And when that happens, my biggest concern, Jerry, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on it, is that people won't be able to get the physical product because it's become too late to get in the market and actually get that insurance policy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of people in the industry talk about that being unobtainium when the euphoria starts to shift away from the stock market and the participation moves back into the precious metal space because we're looking for something that is finite, that is scarce, that is monetary, that these are monetary metals, tangible assets that do not involve or are not involved in the financial systems that are plagued with risk. And when you have a very small market of above ground ounces available for all of that money flooding in, this is going to be the most epic squeeze, going back to the silver squeeze especially because we're already seeing disruptions in the mi- with the mines. We're already seeing disruptions geopolitically. And we're talking about geopolitics po- probably in the next segment. But we have to get into that because there's going to be a squeeze happening. Despite the moves in silver and gold reacting to GDP this week, we talked about that it went down. Mind you, this week, metals are relatively flat on the week. Despite all of that's going on in the market, gold and silver are anchors right now. They're not moving south. We're going to be moving up. And our favorite chart, the cup and handle, we shared them on Twitter. Go check out our Twitter feed, guys. You're going to want to see X. these charts. X. Char- yeah, the X uh, platform. Check out our X platform. Speaking, speaking of X, did you know that, um, that Elon Musk and Peter Thiel, when they were with PayPal, they had a credit card called X. Called X and I think it, they had a website called X.com. Like they've been... This has been something in the works hmm. for a very long time. I think Elon may be continuing to pursue something he had in his mind 20 years ago. Hmm. Meanwhile, Peter Thiel, where do we know that that name? Oh, yeah, he, start, he kind of was at the head of the, the herd getting out of Silicon Valley Bank. And his company bought, hmm. bought um, something like $50 million in gold uh, four years ago, three years ago. Oh, that's right. They did sell it. Yeah, the they did. They did re- sell it recently. Um, definitely made money on it, but um, very interesting kind of, a lot of machinations happened. going on. Yeah, a lot of theater, yeah, especially with Sam Bankman-Fried this week. 
Uh, the FTX, uh, he was embroiled with um, being charged with some um, election meddling, but obviously a lot of the... But they dropped, of, they, they, I they think dropped. they dropped those charges. <laughs> um, but as we know, there's a two-tier justice system in the States, apparently. The, the thing about precious metals that I notice with people who do get involved is they get a sense of control for the for sometimes for the first time ever they're used to having their their money in the control of somebody else if something goes wrong it's someone else's problem uh, they can pass off the excuse but when they decide to take control of their own finances having some physical gold is a big part of that so i like to see that in i like to see that shift in people where they realize oh I, i'm in control now I, this is mine it's i own hands, it right? yeah it's in my hands and uh, that gives a certain confidence moving forward and peace of mind just knowing that you don't have to worry about all of the chaos that is going to ensue and i think that um as far as jerome powell's comments are concerned self-motivated as they may be the idea is to present a market full of calm and say that everything's going to be okay but for the listeners of our show they know that that is not the case the calm is transitory. That the the calm is transitory. We are in a phase of recessions will be transitory. They don't really exist. And they've already been caught out on lies, right? They said inflation was transitory. Excuse me, you've just been fighting it like crazy for the last year, year and a half. So um, pay attention to what's real and not so much the noise. The debts do matter. And you want to be in control of your of your own destiny. The number one eight seven seven eight silver. The website guildhallwealth.com. It's the Real Money Show on six forty Toronto. More to come. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to the Real Money Show. The number one eight seven seven eight silver. The website guildhallwealth.com. Take control of your destiny with some physical gold, physical silver, because there's no counterparty risk. You know the currency that we have in the bank. Could you take it all out in cash? Answer is probably no. So what is in there? It's one big one big pot of counterparty risk, <laughs> and. Um, we don't know what's going to happen. You know, we, we have not yet seen the results of all of this uh, increasing of interest rates and putting pressure on, on the economy in that way. I still maintain that it, putting pressure on the economy is not actually the way to stop inflation if the government is um, partaking in spending hmm. and deficit spending. You can't have, you can't have both. Can't have can't have your cake and eat it too. So, um, what's curious is at times they've seemed the government and central banks seem very much aligned, and now they seem like they're not aligned. Mm -hmm. So it's all very confusing. But I think that gold is money, and has been money for thousands of years, and is a store of value, which we cannot guarantee that. The value is going to be stored in stocks, even in cryptos. They're great. They're a great medium of exchange, but not necessarily a store of value. Where is the value going to be stored when all this chaos hits? Mm -hmm. I mean, I want to be in the storm basement, right? Yeah. I want to be out of harm's way. I want to make sure that I'm not affected by this. And so I, I think when I look at these, 
these analysts out there who are much smarter than 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 I am, who have access to way way more data and can sift through all the data, and that their conclusion is own gold, have some cash, and uh, why not take advantage of some of these high interest rates with you know in Canada GICs or whatnot? Okay, but sure. they're out of the stock market completely. So the question is: is is it time to make those moves? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to make the moves, Jeremy. This is what we're seeing globally. We're looking geopolitically when you have central banks deciding to weaponize their financial system, weaponize the U.S. dollar. We we're seeing countries meeting. This week we had the African summit where um, African nations uh, met in Saint Petersburg, Russia, where they're you know they're they're discussing new relations. We'll see how that plays out, and then next next month uh, in August, August twenty second to be exact. Um, there's going to be a summit in South Africa, the BRICS summit, where 41 nations are now going to be meeting, possibly even France, to further de-dollarize. Oh, Macron's still trying to he's still, show up? Yeah, he's still poking his nose in there, trying to de-dollarize the world. And Kiyosaki pointed out that this is a proposal that we may actually see. Uh, BRIC nations will say bye-bye to the U.S. dollar and then brick their money. And one brick, he says, will equal an ounce of gold. And potentially gold being three thousand dollars at that point pegged, and then you have BRICS members also promoting, proposing gold for food pricing. The proposed alternative global payment system for food security involves using a special payment unit backed by gold. Gold has historically been considered a reliable and stable asset, even even if it is only kept by central banks because of tradition, like Bernanke says making it an ideal candidate to back a, a currency in the system in lieu of dollar trust. So this new proposal, it's getting pretty specific, Jeremy. It's touching upon the following. Gold as a reserve asset, determining the value of the unit of account. And that's what we, what we need. You're, you're valuing your stocks in what? U.S. dollars? You're valuing your GIC in what? More U.S. dollars? Well, guess what? Those U.S. dollars are becoming more and more worthless as time goes on. Gold trading standards continues and even scaling and collateral expansion. So this is what happens when you weaponize the U.S. dollar, your control pin. Nations just pivot. Nations just move away. And when the, when the banks here try to control and impose capital controls, you need to take control. Banks can shut down your account. We saw that with truckers. They can shut it down in a second with, with no warning. Just because you don't, they don't like your politics, government can freeze your, all of your accounts if they want, your paycheck and everything without a warning. But even, even not thinking about um, like a soft, soft or medium firm fascism, um, capital controls was, was part of the, the game in the late 70s. Like Nixon... Nixon did capital controls. We've seen capital controls in Greece. We've seen them in Portugal, where they just say, look, like you can only take out so much money every month uh, or every week out of your bank account. Um, so th there's definitely something that happens in, in Western economies that are supposedly strong. So it's something that not necessarily have to be conspiratorial about it. They've happened. And if they, they can happen yeah. in Portugal and they can happen in Greece, they can happen anywhere. And it worked in those regions because you're not, you're not bullying. You're bullying the people. 
You know, you're as opposed to bullying Russia and China, you're not going to be bullying those nations. They're the nuclear nations. They're, they're these are countries that have a larger, um, you know, larger GDP than the G7. So you're you're poking at the wrong enemy at this point. And they've created alliances and they've moved towards um, stabilization and global trade. And yeah, this is a division. We're seeing a division of fiat digital currency mandates versus a backed currency mandate. And I think, you know, as the old proverb goes, he who has the gold makes the rules. And if you have the gold, you're in control. And I think as well, this idea of dollar weaponization is is a strong point of what you're seeing with the de-dollarization. Because what it does is it's saying, look, we're, we're not going to hold your treasuries. We don't want to we don't want to get rid of them all at once. But over time, we're gonna we're gonna relieve ourselves of the of the dollar, and that is going to level the playing field because all of a sudden, if you want us to invest in your dollar, what are you giving us, mm-hmm. right? What kind of guarantees are we getting? What kind of tr- what what kind of trust method do is there in place that we don't that we know you're not going to weaponize it against us or lose its value? And I feel that we have that voice as well. Is that one of the reasons why you hold physical gold is you say, I'm going to de-digitize my wealth. You don't like what Disney is programming? You unsubscribe, right? You don't like what this product is pushing, right? You, you don't buy their product. Well, we can do the same with the financial system. We can say, you need us. So we're going to put our, we're going to put our value into gold. And when you can show us that we can trust your financial system, maybe I'll put the money back. Mm-hmm. And we saw the we saw a massive news article come out on Monday from Reuters. China decided to start dumping U.S. dollars to buy yuan in both onshore and offshore facilities. So they're selling the U.S. dollars, Jeremy. They're selling the treasury, and this is a massive nail in the coffin for the U.S. dollar hegemony. Am I going to see? Am I am I rooting for U.S. dollar death? No, I'm not. Okay, a lot of people believe that. Oh, you guys who are you know you know in 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 favor of a gold standard, you just want to see the gold you know the U.S. dollar's demise. That's not the case. I'm going to get into that in the next segment, Jeremy, on 6:40 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. We hope everyone's enjoying the summer and the calm before the storm in the markets. And gold and silver have quietly moved up, and we've had a nice narrative-shielded pullback in gold and silver this week, but still up um, over the last couple of weeks, which is great. So we're, we're sustaining. You know what it is, Jerry? The gold and silver market is resilient. Mm-hmm. That's resilient. Yes, but not by fake numbers. It's resilient because there's 5 billion ounces of gold above ground. There's there's some question about how many ounces of silver are above ground, whether it's um, 2 billion or as much as 5 billion, which I personally don't believe. But even if you did believe that, there's 8, 8 billion people on the planet. And if there's 2 to 5 billion ounces of, of silver above ground, then... Not enough to go around. So when someone's buying a thousand ounces of silver, that is a first world problem. But I do believe that it is your ticket to an inflation rebate. Some people might look at, because we think in binary ways, we want black and white. 
that we think that if there was inflation, that gold should be going up step by step with that. But that's not the case. In actual fact, gold predicted it. Gold went up 24% a couple years ago and 19% the year before that. So by holding gold, the longer you hold it, the better it gets. The better it gets the long from the longer you hold it. You know, if you started acquiring, not necessarily bought the whole thing, but if you started acquiring gold in the year 2000, it was trading at $250 an ounce. I mean, you'd be up over 400% on that. And of course, you didn't just buy it all then, but over time, over time, and you just start to see how, how its value keeps up with the devaluation of currencies. And look, modern monetary theory, they can't get away from it. it it's, too, it's too yummy a candy for central bankers not to partake in it and, and governments not to partake in it. And they've gotten way too out of hand and we have to protect ourselves and we want to give ourselves peace of mind. So we go to an asset that is finite and that's physical gold and silver. We're not the only ones talking about it. We just want you to be way ahead of the curve. And anyone who's been in the market for the last, you know, 10, 10, 20 years has seen incredible gains in the market. You know, yes, if you bought during a five-month period when it was at a peak and you didn't cost average at all, then there could be some sour grapes there. But it's always important to, to cost average. And you could also even look at it from a 10 15% allocation in your portfolio. If you're holding 15% and the price drops, then you want to add and build it back up to 15%. Equally, we believe that at some point down the road here, Jerry, gold's going to go to north of 3000 and then we'll talk about where it goes from there. Silver, north of $100. So you could be potentially selling off three quarters of your position back down to that 15%, right? Absolutely. This is where you want to be. You want to be positioned accordingly. If it is conservatively 10 to 15%, that's the old uh, Ibbots and Associates recommendation going back years ago when you factored in a lot, lot less risks back then. You fast forward to today, sure, there's a lot of quote-unquote, great news from Powell saying that this recession is going to be transitory, that we're going to get through this. Uh, I don't see a recession in sight. Um, all of that noise, that mumbo-jumbo, there is an argument to be made to have more of a tactical and more of a strategic allocation, a higher allocation into precious metals, because not only are they safe, they are the safest asset class to, 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 to be in right now. And this is the reason why central banks require a reserve in physical to shield and be decoupled away from all of the madness financially. Madness like what? Moody's reported, so transit, transitory recession. This is what Powell's talking about. There's no that, recession. That's my line. That is your line. He, he, he line. didn't call recession transitory. <laughs> he, just said, he just said, oh, we don't believe it, that they're ever going to happen again. Horizon. Yeah, we're not seeing anything on the horizon. Yeah. Uh, two came out from Ainsley Bully, and I love their reporting in Ainsley. And last week, what they, what they said, what they reported, Ainsley said last week, we saw the fail-safe recession indicator of the U.S. Treasury yield curve fall to its deepest inversion since 1981. And what does that mean? The, an inverted yield curve occurs when short-term debt instruments have higher yields than long-term instruments of the same credit risk profile. It usually indicates recession is looming, that it's coming up. We had a we had an inverted yield curve in 2009. Then everything that that went to, by the wayside because COVID came out and all. Oh, you mean 2019? 2019, sorry. 
and we had all that stimulus to, to get through that recession. But that did not eliminate where we are today. That just boosted all of the recessionary, the, 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 the flashes right now. Yeah, again, that's like avoiding reality, right? Yeah. You're just avoiding it, but you can't avoid the consequences. We're, we're at the consequence stage. Total MMT theory and Keynesian policy. Let's not, let's not fix the problem. Let's not go through pain. Let's just print our way out of it. Well, Moody's reported, Moody's just reported that here in July, there have been more corporate debt defaults in the US than all of last year. So now we're seeing an indicator showing recession. And even though we're seeing, okay, great news, ultra low unemployment this week, and, and, and many people are scratching their heads as the most hated share market, this is what Ainsley writes, the most hated share market rally continues near unabated and gold is holding strong. The stock market this week nearly hit five year or five percent of five percent away from all time highs. This is peak euphoria. When you have the Nasdaq hitting this high, based on only seven companies, Jeremy, and if you look at these companies, you have Meta, Tesla, Alphabet, these stocks, all of their price to earnings ratios are jaw dropping. Nvidia at two fifth, Amazon's at three hundred and twelve. These seven companies, which make up the NASDAQ 100, seven of these companies have massive clout. And when we see that reversion happen, when we see that rebalancing happening with these seven that just had a great week because of earning earning season and the thought of a pivot is coming, is going to more more stimulus is on the way, they bring it back to gold. The bull run in U.S. equities may continue for a while longer, but there's no denying we are seeing extremely lofty valuations. Cracks in these magnificent sevens are beginning to show. And the dollar index, as we talk, we talk about here on the show, looks dangerously close to a continuation of its downward trajectory. And nothing helps gold and silver like a weak US dollar. So keep watching those markets, skim through that, the noise, slice through that noise, own your physical gold and silver in position because when the debt start to matter, when they break the market in September with another rate hike, you're going to watch gold and silver and what they do. And then we'll see that pivot, Jeremy. I'm calling that pivot. <laughs> the pivot's coming. We, we, don't, we don't know when, but, but it's definitely, we're not the only ones calling it. I think it's back in play, and uh, we will see it uh, sooner than later. The number, 18778-SILVER. The website, guildhallwealth.com. Thank you for everyone joining us this week on The Real Money Show. Can't wait to speak to you next week here on 640 Toronto. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.